Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to another edition of Nickish. This is our 17th episode of the third season. Damn, it's been a while. I haven't, I haven't ever said an episode like that in a long time. But it is, shit. What day is it now? Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here. It is post All Star. We're still in the midst of the break. Uh, the Knicks play tomorrow, so we're here to just talk a little bit about our thoughts on the All-Star weekend and what's been going on and all that. How you <laughs> feeling, man? What's Doing going on? Right, man. Can't complain. I only say I can't complain because I did a lot of complaining before we started recording. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> that, <laughs> that type of week, so you know what I mean? The people ain't trying to hear that. But otherwise, if, like you said, All-Star break, I mean, I feel like this is the first time in a few years where I can say I genuinely miss Knicks basketball. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, we we getting uh, we getting the second half of the season started, and I guess that's probably going to be the main topic of discussion tonight. But I know you and I, or at least me, had one topic in particular we wanted to talk about that uh, has been uh, kind of in the headlines in the last day or so. You know what I'm talking about? I th- I think I know what you're talking about. We uh, it's, it's, uh talking about the the stimmy. We talking about the stimmy. Oh yeah, big big uh, legislation passed uh, this evening. <laughs> nah, um, okay, nah, not about that. But <laughs> uh, you want to talk about the filibuster? They're gonna get rid of it? No. <laughs> but uh, no, no, no. That'd be well, awfully privileged at this moment. But speaking yeah, of privilege, yeah. speaking, yes, good transition. Motherfucking Myers Leonard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he. I'm gonna repeat what I said like before we record, but he should have just not said anything. He should have just like just just deleted all his social media and just like went into a hole and hid. Cause that apology just made it so much worse. This man is about to be thirty. He's like my age, and he's just like, oh, I didn't know I couldn't say that. Mm. <laughs> That's basically what this man's apology was, bro. And like, we're not gonna obviously repeat the, what the slur is uh, for those of you that somehow are not aware. And um. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I probably wouldn't blame you if you weren't aware because who the fuck is Myers Leonard again? You know what I mean? Two last-name-ass motherfucker. But he said a Jewish slur while he was playing <laughs> Call of Duty. And somebody, I don't know if you caught this, but somebody pointed it out. While he was playing, he was playing, because it was like the World War II shit. Yeah. And he was playing a Nazi, he was playing a German soldier, I think. Was that what and, it was? Because uh, I wasn't sure what it was. I didn't want to look deeper into it. it. I thought he was playing against somebody who said they were Jewish. And then he decided to do that or say, I'm not saying that as I, I think idiotic. it was unrelated, but it was just like funny. Like somebody pointed that out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he was thinking like, I'm going to say this slur because like, you know, we're, we're in uh you know, fucking in the storyline, like wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think he legit, he fucking, he went to his mental encyclopedia. He went to like page K, you know what I mean? And he just like <laughs> went down the list. He's like, this this is it. I'm a, I'm gonna kill him with this one. He dusted off the vintage slur, bro. You know what I mean? Like he had to fucking go into storage and pull that shit out because that shit been retired. You got to be an OG bigot to have that in rotation. You know what I mean? Because that's that's my thoughts on it. And you know, 
I can keep going because this man did not kneel for the, the, the he, he stood for the anthem and he was he did the typical, you know, my brother's in the military. I'm doing out of respect for the troops. But somebody also made a point that like when he's like, you know, standing up, he's covering the Black Lives Matter like shirt. You mm-hmm. notice that? But, but he's doing it like that. to like pledge. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the perfect excuse to like cover that shit. So I don't know. The case is uh, looking rock solid to me. He's. I'll put it this way, because, you know, this is going to be out in the public airway, so he, he seems like like a not good person. Seems like a fucking idiot, first of all. But, yeah. Oh, 100%. You saw, there's a clip below it where it shows him getting a phone call, like, maybe 30 seconds after he said it, and he, he muted it, <laughs> and he was on the phone. You can see in his face, he's not saying one word. He's just listening. So it's probably like, yo, don't say nothing, just keep your mouth shut, and they probably just went off on him. It was probably his agent or some shit. And then oh, nice. afterwards, after that call, he hung up. He's like, yo, I got a dip. Like, my wife is calling me. I got to help her out with some shit. And <laughs> that was that. But fuck, fuck Myers Leonard. There's no room. There's no room anymore for – there's never been any room. But especially nowadays, you can't be you can't be spewing anti-Semitic, racist bullshit anytime, anywhere. And the fucking bullshit-ass apology that he gave uh, do, does not count. I, I hope he's, you know – I hope he's out of the NBA and he's blackballed because there's so many other people who've been blackballed for no reason or much less reasons than this, and he doesn't deserve to be making millions of dollars off off balling because he he, nah, he sucks ass, anyway. Like, that ass, you making a good point because like Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, like mm-hmm. he got blackballed because he was he would pray yeah during the anthem. This motherfucker said a Jewish slur. You know what I mean? Like, get him out of here. He's not even that good. There's, you know, the typical problem with sports is when, like, an athlete does some fucked up shit, it's literally based on how good he is at the sport. And that dep- that's what will reflect his punishment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The court of public opinion will always be harsh. But, like, the leagues himself, you see it in the NFL all the time. Like, years back, Ray Rice knocked his wife out on an elevator. You know what I mean? And it, they, the team still kept him up until the video leaked. Then they cut him. You know what I mean? He never played again. But... Other players do the same shit. They're brought back. You know what I mean? They'll do some horrible shit like that. They're brought back because of the talent. You know what I mean? Like, Myers Leonard, you can't even use a talent excuse. Get him out of here. Like, nobody's yeah. going to miss him. You yeah, know what I mean? Should, like, it should be a quick cut. Easy. And did you see the Miami Heat statement, though? I know we're no, focusing I didn't. on uh, What did Leonard, they say? But it, it was weak. He was, it was just literally blown out to, yeah, he was, we're, he's going to be barred from being around the team for the rest of the season. This motherfucker was out for the whole season with an injury anyway. <laughs> what is that? What is that saying, Miami? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why he was. <laughs> that's why he was on Twitch playing video games because he's injured. He had nothing yeah, better to do. Like, I mean, and I'm sure there's so many owners go. in the NBA right now who are Jewish. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but the um, Miami Heat owner is from Israel. Like, I mean, that's a whole other subject. Oh, but like, this go. man is like the prime demographic for this uh, aforementioned slur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his mother. <laughs> Bro, Myers Leonard is a dumb motherfucker. That's 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 all that can be said. You know what I mean? Because actually, since we're on that topic of dumb, did you see the N- the NBC sports writer that was like trying to defend him? No, that was like a big controversy. Oh he wrote s- some garbage article saying like he said a bad thing, but it wasn't violent. He should not be. Uh, he basically blown out so he should not be. Uh, uh, punished too harshly, you know what I mean? And he tweeted something like, I'm seeing a lot of bad takes. It's like... And it just gets even more frustrating. I know we're joking about it, but, like, we're talking about a year since, you know, yeah. all the 
all the crap from last year happened. We're all that's all going to come back and resurface, and you know the NBA needs to be quick to take action for for something like this. It can't be accepted, especially when it's a guy who's spewing racist comments. And then you know Ka- Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. I understand different, you know, different industry, different game, and all that, but that dude still doesn't have a job. Um, and he's playing back black ball for the wrong reasons. Myers Leonard doesn't need to be playing ball no more. Yo, and like. The thing that really gets me, though, I'm going to stay on the apology. He said he didn't know what it meant. This man is about to be the big 3-0, 30 years of age, my age. You know what I mean? Like, he literally said, I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. But you literally used it in the perfect context. You did, <coughs> yo, that pause <coughs> before he said it on that stream, that was a, that's what we like to call a pregnant pause. <laughs> he, he, he let the moment build. He was, he was like, in, 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 in building a narrative and writing a story, that's the moment where, like, the author just, like, you know, lets that moment sit for a second, then hits him, you know what I mean? That's what he did. It felt like it was premeditated. He was just like, you mother... I'm going to say this one. <laughs> he paused for a second, looked through his mental encyclopedia, you know what I mean? And then, oh my goodness. Like, there's a lot that's already been said, but we could just leave it there. Because I can't believe this really happened. <laughs> I can believe it, honestly. No, I, I believe it. It's just, wow, he's a dummy. How, what is a he, dummy. Is he actually 30? Because... You don't be acting like that. Uh, apart from the anti-Semitic slur, obviously. But uh, how, how old is Myers Leonard? He's oh yeah, you're right. He's 29 years old. He just turned 29. Um, yeah, he'd be cursing on the game like he's like he's 18. Bro. And the thing is, the fact that that slur is even in his rotation says a lot about the circle he keeps around him. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we already know which way he leans, and it's. It's not the good way. Let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> moving on, if you want to. Yeah, you know moving I mean? on to other catastrophes. That slam dunk contest, though. Uh, Obi Toppin yep. was robbed by one Anthony Simmons. The the whole the whole you know slam dunk contest is whack. Uh, the whole setup. I mean, yeah. you know, granted it was a COVID times. The the crowd isn't there. The hype isn't as built up. But you know, I feel I feel like more could have been done. And I. I think the dunkers themselves, young guys, all of them, you know, rookies or second years, maybe felt a little bit shy and kind of out of place for, for a little bit. And the NBA players, I feel like a lot of them, if they're going to sit there to watch, it's kind of their job to help hype the hype the young guys up too. I don't think Zach Levine ever yeah. got out of his chair. They, they, <clears throat> they sat down from that first moment, and he, he tired like he played like 30 minutes in the All-Star game. They, it was after the first half. Um, so the hype wasn't there, just that energy was missing. And yeah, I think there, Obi's there any fans in the arena, right? Like, no, I, there was something. I, I don't know what there was, but um, just that energy was lacking. And uh, obviously, Anthony Simmons' last dunk, you know, wasn't the best dunk yet. He he beat Obi with it. Uh, but the only positive note is Obi made all, you know, pretty much made all of his dunks, all awesome. The first dunk he made was my favorite one of the night. And um, nice, yeah. it's just and what, what was what was the other kid's name from from Indiana? Cassius, Cassius Stanley, yeah, Cassius yeah. Stanley. That first dunk, he he got robbed a couple of points too. So, I don't know. It felt that like they're setting Smith. the tone. Was that? <laughs> ja- that was Josh Smith, I think. Right, he was the one that was like he gave him like an eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dig it, man. Josh Smith, he's a, he, he was kind of annoying as a player, but yeah, I feel like if that could be his thing moving forward, he could just be the bitter dunk contest judge. Why not? Like, 
let's spice this thing up. Because to your point, <clears throat> I know it's like you said, it's a COVID situation, so this might just be a special circumstance. But did it feel? Did it really feel out of place that the dunk contest was like just basically a halftime act? It didn't feel out of place to me, just mm. from what it's been the last few years. You know what I mean? Like I, to be honest, if Obi wasn't in it, I would not have cared. You know what I mean? Like at all, and my care level was like mad minimal anyway. And I think that just says a lot about I don't know the, the fluctuation in quality of dunk contests because you know before Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon like just blew the roof off the building during that legendary contest, it was like the same situation. It was like a number of years of like repetitive performances and just bullshit and folks. I don't know. I think twenty twenty was dope. That was a Derrick Jones Jr. versus Aaron Gordon competition. They kind of went head to head and had to do a couple extra rounds. That one was yeah no, but I'm good. talking about like in terms of like aside from that, I'm just saying before the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon one, it was like the same case. It was yeah. just like years of it just being whack, and it was just like a parody at that point. Because remember Magic Johnson years ago, it was like yo the dunk contest is back. <laughs> it felt like every year after that when it was garbage, all I would see was on Twitter is just people toast posting that. It killed me every time because it's funny as hell. <laughs> it's funny as hell. A motherfucker like misses a dunk fifty times, and you see somebody say the dunk contest is back in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and, and then i don't know it's the just like, ironic I feel like we're in that period where it's like whack now but yeah go ahead. yeah now the ironic part is that he he was also one of the guys that said the dunk contest this year sucked <laughs> he's like oh this wasn't that good man. <laughs> and magic is saying it ain't good it wasn't it wasn't good um yeah, yeah. And, magic yeah <laughs> yeah and it wasn't good for a long time and then they tried to bring out the kind of score or team thing that they did like john wall and pg were on a team i think yo something I think I like that out of my memory that was such a dumb idea because it literally felt like just dudes just like playing on a playground. I remember that, right? It was yeah. Just, it was like, yeah, it was weird. There's, I'd be forgetting, Ben, ben McElmore would jump over Shaq for a crown for some points or something like that. I don't I don't remember. Uh, obviously, very memorable dunk contest that we had. Um, John Collins dressed like a fucking pilot. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so corny, bro. <laughs> and he got he, he did all that for like a seven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he dressed up like a damn buffoon but yeah point is i don't know man dunk contest might be in that low period now it's just gonna take like another legendary performance for it to really kind of like you know pop again you know skills exactly we need to come out of retirement but Word. yeah go ahead you about man, skills, skills challenge was whack as hell man they they dribble the ball a couple of times do one pass make a layup and three-pointer like why? And it's one, you know, one-time elimination. Once Randall got out that first round, I I stopped watching the rest of it. It was just a waste of time. Luca didn't even try for his one, um, and Sabonis came away with the victory. And it's like that was just, it just wasn't fun to to watch. So they got they got to ramp up the the skills challenge somehow. I could have sworn it was a lot better a couple of years before. Yeah, I think one of the things is, I mean, obviously, everybody knows COVID situation. It's gonna affect who participates. You know what I mean? But also, like, the trend recently has been with the skills competition. Like, they, like, I dig it. Like, the big men, they got more skills nowadays. So, yeah, let them come into this competition and show off. But I miss when it was, like, uh, you go back to the back-in-the-day skills competition. It would be, like, the elite ball handlers in the league running this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I kind of miss that, you know? I mean, not that it's, like, I'm, I'm like, Bill Simmons, like, arguing about the sanctity of the fucking skills competition. I don't give a fuck. But it's just, like, <laughs> entertainment value. Like, it's a different see, like... Demontis Sabonis win this and like seeing D Wade winning like two years in a row because that was fire because that was back in his flash days so yep. legit like you know dudes was trying you know I don't know I think the whole All Star Weekend thing needs to be revamped and you know rethought and Adam Silver if you listening come holler you know what I mean we got ideas 
Do we? I got some ideas. What you got? I mean, I think I could go into the bathroom right now, take a dump, and just think on it for five minutes and have better ideas than what Adam Silver has been doing with this All-Star Weekend uh, shenanigans. You know what I mean? I see. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you talking about changes to the already existing <clears throat> you know, challenges, like a, a different variation of the skills challenge. And I think a three-point contest is set. That's That's pretty much set in stone. It's fine. Uh, but the yeah. slam dunk contest, yeah, you, like you, contest, you thinking yeah. of, of those or you're thinking of like another kind of competition? I think more like events that are just be more interesting because, like, you know, we've seen it. They've switched up All-Star Weekend many times. Like, yeah. remember that that weird event? It would be like, there would be different teams. It would be like one legend from that team's history, one current player, and uh, like one like WNBA player. Do you remember that? It was mm-hmm. like a shooting contest. And I guess that was cool, but maybe that's just, like, youth blinding me. Because back then, I was like, oh, cool, Chris Boss, and I think it was, like, what, Dominique Wilkins? I don't know. It would be, like, random pairings, like, doing bank shots and shit. I was like, oh, wow, skills. Hmm. But, I don't know, I'm thinking, why not a two-on-two competition? You know what I mean? Like, if it's going to be young players, let's, like, do, like, a two-on-two. One-on-one competition. How about that? You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, game to seven, to see who, like, the best ISO scorers. Not even the best ISO scorers. It could just be like somebody like Jamal Crawford versus Lou Will. I'd pay to see that. You know what I mean? Some can of the court they, type they, shit. Yeah, exactly. 21. Make that like a like an event. There's a lot of possibilities, I feel like. And it's just, they got to be willing to think outside the box. But, I don't know. I guess uh, they're bigger fish to fry. Like, you know, playing in a season in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's let's not forget context here, bro. That's the type of person Adam Silver is at the end of the day. It is what it is. Capitalism. Mm-hmm. We all know the deal. Well, uh, what are your thoughts on Julius Randle's performance on the in the All Star game? He, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that was his first All Star event, so he might have came in a little bit nervous and just tried to play it cool, play too slow, lost it. Um, didn't have much thoughts on it. Honestly, it was it was cool seeing him at an All-Star event. The last time we saw a player in a Knicks uniform at an All-Star event was probably KP doing the skills challenge and winning it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and KP didn't even play in his All-Star game, right? No, nah, he, he was made it that year. He was injured yeah. that year. He still hasn't played yeah. in an All-Star game <laughs> since. Um but he got it on his resume. Nice. Yeah. He's like every other young 20-something out there. Yeah. And it was cool <laughs> seeing Randall in the All-Star game. He only played like what 13, 14 minutes, didn't get that many touches, but I hope the man learned how to, you know, talk to people even more and kind of network with them because that's that's more so what it is. And he got he got one of the one of the best people in the NBA right now who knows how to network and Leon Rose. I hope Leon like taught him a thing or two or or you know West giving him a couple right. of a couple of tips to you know talk talk to players and just try to hype up New York a little bit because everybody recognizes now New York Knicks is an actual basketball team now. And the opportunity is there. It's going to be there in a couple of years. Um, so I hope, you know, Randall learned a few things on how to network. I was doing it. He was on the bench a lot. So I hope he had that chance to do it, you know. Just handing out business cards. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Nick's, you know, to ask about me. When you call, ask about Randall. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned World Wide West. I mean, if we want to make a smooth transition there, New York Post put out a really good article. I think, I don't know, my whole concept of time is – messed up right now on, uh, i think it was two days ago. lack of sleep might have been two days ago it could have been this morning fall i know but anyway new york post dropped an article where it was like titled i kind of was like a little worried about the article just because i thought it was premature just going off the title it said how leon rose rebuilt the knicks i almost i checked my watch i was like it hasn't even been a season <laughs> you know what i mean but 
Yeah. I, I get the idea. You know what I mean? You got a cat. That's it was an eye-catching headline. But the article itself, it boiled down to just kind of an inside look at how the power structure is right now and kind of the dynamics it played. There was a lot to it, really. So I want to start with Wes. Thank God for Worldwide West. We have Emmanuel quickly, you know what I mean, on our squad because of that man, basically, what this article told me. He says he was banging on the table. He was, like, basically yelling almost at the top of his lungs, it seemed like, for IQ. And it was pretty much straight-up nepotism because I, I found out after the fact, Wes is so cool with IQ because Worldwide West's son was in the dorm literally across the hall from IQ. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's that connection, there's a Kentucky connection, there's a CA connection. That's just pure nepotism, and I don't care because it's fucking sports and it's our team that's benefiting. So hats off to World Wide West is my main takeaway. What about yours? What do yeah, you think? I mean, in that article, they talk about the couple of trades that the Knicks made. And if you guys remember, that night the Knicks made two trades, or maybe even three trades, with their picks and just kind of shuffling it around trying to get the right player. And... You know, we were actually on nothing but Knicks live during the draft, and when it came down to the 25th pick, I think everybody in that in that room, that you know Zoom room, there was like 10 of us in there. Not one of us said IQ. Obviously, we were saying Desmond Bain. We were saying, um, shit, I don't remember the names. R.J. Hampton, uh, a couple other players, and we ended up getting Emmanuel quickly. And we're all like, you know, who the fuck is this kid? Um, but. You know, it was really, like you mentioned, Worldwide West was screaming. He's like, Coach said, we need to shoot. We need a shooter. And IQ, or quick, this quickly kid, is the best shooter in this draft. Get him. And Leon was yeah. kind of not sure if he should do it. Uh, Walt Perrin, I think. Oh, no, no, Brock Aller, I think. One of those two guys. They were the ones who had to make the call on the call with the other team. I think it was the Wolves on, on that trade. No, and they think, did it with, like, 10 seconds left. I think it was Leon. Left. I think it was Leon because it was a funny point in the article. It was just like Leon kind of fumbled with unlocking his phone. And it was like 10 seconds left for him to like <laughs> make the make the call. So like Wes there was that third person in there that was part of the conversation conversation on the trade. Either way, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. It, either that. Either way, credit to credit to Leon for really pushing for IQ, and you know we've seen it since what what quickly has become. And you know shout out to quickly kid is second in the rookie ladder right now. Uh, over every other pick and clearly for now at least is a steal of the draft and the Knicks be doing that nowadays they be stealing they be getting the steals of the drafts we did it with Mitch we did it with IQ and uh shit I mean Toppin Toppin is uh is a whole nother story and we'll get to him in, in, a, in a couple of minutes but um yeah Worldwide West. Stay on there because it was really just eye opening. You know what I mean? Worldwide West. Obviously, you read the part where he like randomly took his shirt off during a Zoom call. Like this guy, this man West, like <laughs> he does intense. not give a fuck. Yo, he literally he seems like he's having the time of his life and he's just like having his way with the organization, which I dig it. Like this man has his reputation for a reason. I still don't even know what the hell he did in his previous life, but I don't need to know that. That's <laughs> that's all that's that's his business. It seemed to have done him well so far, you know what I mean? And if it does us well as a franchise and as a fan base, I will not complain. You know what I mean? Like if you're one of those fans that are out there just like that read this article and are just like you know, you know what I'm talking about. The chicken little fans are just like, oh, I don't like it. It's everything we we were worried about is confirmed. CEA and Kentucky run the Knicks. Hmm. West had a point about that in his article. He's like, Kentucky has the toughest players. Was his point? The best and toughest players. And 
I kind of quibble with it because he's like he was like they, they had a note in there about how like he rolls his eyes at like uh, the mentioning of Duke. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Zion and Jason and RJ went there, but that's that's just like him repping for his homie Calipari. But the point is like if you one of those fans whining about nepotism, let's just leave it alone. But um, to circle back though, you you mentioned Mitch and kind of the steals we had. <clears throat> I thought it was interesting that like Scott Perry's name didn't even really come up in there, other than to note that they yeah. had beef, or he had him and his people had beef with Steve Mills and his people, mm-hmm. and I don't know, bro. And then like another thing is they didn't really they talk about you know draft and young players. I don't recall seeing Mitch's name in there, Knox's name come up. You know what I mean? In an article that pr- featured Worldwide West prominently in his Kentucky connection, I didn't see Kevin Knox's name come up. It almost felt like aside from RJ. And, you know, Julius, they weren't really acknowledging the past, like, acquisitions that were outside of this uh, front, this current front office's, you know, uh, tenure. You know what I mean? That's so I thought that was interesting. I think I think that might be a sign that Scott Perry's, like, out of here, bro. Because, I mean, which we all probably predicted anyway. But you look at how the power structure was laid out there. Like, Leon, obviously, he's at the top of the food chain. And he has just a whole bunch of experts under him that he, like you know, seeks for their advice, and they all got their own little lane. Wes is like, you know, like the article laid out, he's the power broker connections. Brock Aller is the, is the dork of the crew, you know what I mean? He's the analytical guy, which I've been begging the Knicks to have for years, so I say dork affectionately, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Walt Perrin is the seasoned scout, and Tibbs is the dude that's young to trade everybody and get fucking Jimmy Butler back here somehow, you know what I mean? That's basically what that article told me. <laughs> yeah, Tibbs literally got the job, and he was just like, "Yo, Mitch, RJ, the fuck, get him out of here. Why? Why are they still here? You know what I mean? Like, it was, it's funny. It was like he lived up to his stereotype. But point being, I feel like the fact that they laid that out so like specifically and they didn't mention Scott Perry tells me that he's not gonna be here past this season. You the know, what I mean? he's the general manager. <laughs> word, yeah. The roles are clear. Like everything you just said, that's that's distinct roles, and Leon is really the guy who's gonna tie it all together. Um, but like their skills don't kind of getting getting each other's ways. They all have their own ideas and what they need to do. But Scott Perry's kind of the odd man out. So, I mean, Walt Perry could end up getting the promotion. Uh, he's assistant GM right now, and Scott Perry doesn't necessarily have to be here. I think he was here initially for the first season to get Leon Rose kind of going, and because Leon Rose was you know new to the organization and new to the job, Scott Perry I'm sure kind of showed him the ropes a little bit, but. If Scott Perry wasn't a big reason why IQ was drafted, which I actually thought he was, um, because I gave him credit for for finding Mitch, I figure IQ was maybe another guy. But shit, that you know that might be a sign of things to come, and just getting getting out the guys who don't fit the room right now. Not that Scott Perry is a bad GM. I think he's been a great GM the past couple of years, but while I mean, Perry might terrible, he's been great for our standards. You know what I mean? That's my opinion too. You know what I mean? What do you mean? I don't I don't get the hate around Perry really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Knicks aren't in a good position right now. He's a big reason for it. Um, Facts. But, yeah, Walt Perrin is Leon Rose's hire, so he might get the promotion. Frank Zanin might be assistant GM if he isn't already. I forgot what, what his job is. Um, I think, yeah, we have, like, four assistant GMs, which I think is kind of fire. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and Walt Perrin's the, the most distinguished and experienced out of all of them. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, trade season's coming up actually March 25th is the deadline so those players you mentioned Mitch, Knox, I think even Obi to an extent and Frank obviously these guys are potential guys who might get traded or they might not get traded they're most likely to get traded if, if that were to ever happen but 
I feel like with two weeks left to go, we're not seeing enough rumors out there. I'm, I know it's going to heat up at a point, but um, Zach Lowe had Bill Sims on his podcast yesterday, and they were kind of just running through some various situations. But I didn't realize until just a couple of hours ago, I might have just forgotten that the deadline is so soon, and we're not seeing rumors anywhere, uh, just a couple of players left and right. But at the end of the day, it might just be Oladipo, who's the biggest name who gets traded, and we might see some more <laughs> minor moves. So any players that caught your eye recently who might be moving to another team um just in the league as a whole or like for like coming to the next or who you target uh, either way either way um i mean the big news that kind of came out today that was solid we're not big because this guy's almost washed but lamarcus aldridge greg mm. popovich basically said they're working on trying to get him a deal out of here and I don't know, I kind of worry that it's going to be us because you look at our roster, Taj is hurt, Mitch is hurt, you know. LaMarcus seems like a typical Tibbs kind of guy. Not defensively, but just being a big man that, like, has a post game, you know what I mean? What are you worried about? So, what am I worried about with LaMarcus? Yeah. That dude, I don't know, it might just be because he's not trying, but he looks cooked on defense, bro. Mm -hmm. I feel like he wouldn't fit. I guess it probably wouldn't be worth much, maybe, like, I don't know what I feel like Frank is such a Spurs player that we've been saying for four years. What if it's Frank and like a couple of seconds for Lamarcus? I don't think the Spurs would take that deal, but what if that's what it is? You I thought I, mean? I don't know if I do. I that. thought it was a buyout. I didn't see anywhere that they're trying to trade him. I thought that was a mutual buyout. You might be confusing with the uh, Blake Griffin scenario. Let me actually see what this man, Tim Band McMahon. Uh, ESPN story with Woj on Lamarcus. Oh Aldridge no, you're right. It is trade divorce. scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because oh. I know I believed you. I was like down myself. Did I hallucinate that? All I saw was they they mutually agreed to part ways, and I just automatically assumed that that meant a buyout that they're just gonna separate because he hasn't been doing anything all season. Yeah, I mean, I saw some clips of him playing defense. I don't know if he's trolling, but it'd be like it'd be a wide open three point shooter. And he's literally in the paint. He'll still jump while he's in the paint like he's, like, two feet away from him, yeah. even though he's, like, 15 feet away. For what? For why? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's like a slap in the face to, like, Greg Popovich almost. He's like, oh, you wanted me to contest? I'm going to still contest. I just can't get there anymore. So he just looked cooked to me. That could be laziness because he's on a team that's not contending, but I don't know. We'll see, right? Um, aside from him, though, you're right, there's not really much rumors. I mean, Andre Drummond, I feel like in recent years, he's been a trade deadline rumor for a while. Last year, he actually got sent to the Cavs. This year, I heard the Lakers are interested somehow. I don't think they could trade for him. I think they want to see Drummond get bought out. The Nets, I heard they're interested in him. And probably a buyout scenario, too. Um, yeah, for the Knicks, though, I just hope we stay away from Drummond, too. Because we've been connected to him. That was the rumor last year. I think that was one of the... <clears throat> I don't know if that was in the Steve, uh, in the Steve Mills camp or the Scott Perry camp. But remember last year, the two rumors that came out of the trade deadline, trade deadline was two desperate moves they wanted to make were for D'Angelo and for Drummond, and like try to make a playoff run. All of a Thank sudden, God. it was fucking Mike Miller. Yo, <laughs> we're so we're Dead so ass. close, <laughs> bro. It was it was literally like I read that back then. I was like, yeah, I probably would have quit on the team because I don't like D'Angelo, bro. Like I think that's established. And Drummond, same shit. I saw somebody break down Drummond's game. He he's big in rebounds, but he doesn't defend. He can't shoot. He's a ball hog. Can't pass. <laughs> like it was literally like a laundry list. Like it sounds like Enos. Cannon. I was like, yeah, why would we want him? And his salary is like what 
damn near like 30 million yeah i mean off the top of my head so i think yeah let's stay away i think the most interesting names that i saw i've seen so far i think the two that stood out to me out of like a list of like bunch of unknowns are uh maybe three harrison barnes is one who's actually been playing pretty solid for his from from uh, overall career standpoint but he's due to make a pretty good amount of money for the next three years kyle lowry was probably the most interesting one that i saw and there are he people seems like such a tibbs player yeah and i'm not guy. saying it for the knicks it's a lot of people are connecting him to philly and because he's He's connected with Daryl Morey because he was part of the Rockets at some point, you know, way back when. And, um, you know, Philly, I think, is his hometown, too. And he seems like yeah. a player that just fits what, what the Sixers need. I just don't really know what kind of trade that, that Philly would do uh, to get a player like Larry, who's definitely a bona fide future Hall of Famer. Um, but that's that's an interesting scenario. And Harrison Barnes... I'm going to go back to, you know, the low post podcast I was listening to. They and, you know, if Bill Good Simmons is on it. You know, he's going to be talking about Boston 90 percent of the time. Uh, he thinks <laughs> he thinks Harrison Barnes is a good connection for for Boston, a team that's been struggling, who might not be the clear front runners this season. Uh, like they way like the way they've been in passing, they're at least top three. And Harrison Barnes is a player who might fit well. But uh, if we're talking about Knicks, I honestly I don't see any players really being connected to, to us. Harrison Barnes, I wouldn't want him on the team. It's three years monster contract for what? And uh, Larry for what? You know, we're not ready to make the playoff push yet or that title push yet. I mean, Tibbs, like, he came here. He was just like, get all these guys out of here, as I mentioned. So I think he seems like such a Tibbs player, Lowry. I personally like his game a lot. Um, He's a prototypical point guard, which is rare nowadays, in a way that, like, he's out there as a floor general looking Mm -hmm. to pass and make sure the team's better rather than score. And he's, I mean, right now, I don't know, I haven't seen much of him this season, but he's always been like a rugged, good-ass defender, you know what I mean? Crazy good shooter. He's been an amazing mentor, seemingly, to all the Raptors players, you know what I mean? Leader. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what his contract situation is like. I want to say last year he he signed an extension, and then he has, like, what, two, three years left, possibly? Is he a free agent after the season? Did I completely make all that up? He might be a free agent this season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for it. I, I don't see it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is a free agent this season. Oh, so, I mean, we got some cap this season. If we get Kyle Lowry in here, and our point guard rotation somehow is Lowry, Rose, and IQ, and he's a free agent this season, and it gives us an advantage to retain him. Mm, mm. And we're right now in the going? fifth seed. And the second half of the season is tough as hell. And we already see the mentality. And we already see, like, in the article itself, and maintain that we that we have so many assets moving forward. We're in the playoffs now. That's a recipe for, like, a, a out-of-the-nowhere win-now move, is it not? Like, I know a lot of folks is connecting us to Oladipo, but what if Lowry's the one? Because, you, like, you got a point. Philly's been the connection, right? But... New York ain't, that, ain't too far from Philly. I know it's closer than Toronto. It's not I mean? even that. They don't have assets to give back for Kyle Lowry. And, like, what – I mean, it's not that they don't have assets, but their assets are important to them. And, really, they're – the biggest one might be Seth Curry. And Seth Curry mm. is one of the best shooters in the NBA. Is he worth – is he someone that you want to lose to get Kyle Lowry for more perimeter shooting? Kind of, You don't want to give up perimeter shooting to get perimeter shooting. Like, I obviously, just because Kyle – I do just because Lowry's a better defender, though. Like, and he brings defender, more to the yeah, table, right? Yeah. And um, 
the the Sixers are are in a better position to win a title this season than really you know most teams in the East outside of Brooklyn. So it's 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 a tough it's kind of a tough call to make. Would you give up a first round pick for Kyle Lowry? A twenty twenty one pick. I know Masai Ujiri is like ruthless and he's probably gonna demand a pick, but maybe it's a situation where it seems like Lowry's got the kind of clout and reputation now where he could probably work with Masai to go to a preferable spot. Obviously, everything you laid out, Philly's probably his spot, but Masai's got to consider the assets, right? Maybe, I don't know, Frank, um, Alec Burks, and the Dallas pick this year. Would you do that for Kyle Lowry? So Frank, Alec and, Burks, and the Dallas pick? Yeah, for Kyle Lowry. Probably. And then we cut Alfred, too, because oh, like, yeah, why the yeah, fuck okay. would we that's, keep him? You, you should have mentioned like, that, you should mentioned that first, bro. That's, that that's instant. Just uh, cut him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a little hesitant, too, because I don't think we'll win a title with Kyle Lowry. And I don't think there's any guarantee that he'll re-sign with us because if the Knicks end up becoming like a top seven team, I don't see why he'd want to re-sign with us and not sign to a team that gives him a better chance of winning another championship. So in a stacked 2021 you know, draft class, I might want to hold out on trading it for Kyle Lowry for a year rental and um, potentially losing him out and then losing out on that pick too. That's a fair point. I'm actually checking right now to see if his agent is CAA. That's the only reason <laughs> that he would he would even consider resigning with us. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe it's he could see it as like we're on, we're a team on the upswing. Um, you know what I mean? And he probably doesn't see that with Toronto, which I guess is tough to say because I like Fred Van Fleet. I don't like Siakam, but he is a quote unquote good player, right? Um, yeah, you're probably right. He'll probably leave us right away for a team like Phil. Actually, I don't even think Philly has cap space. You got to look at the market, too, now that I'm thinking about it. Because on that low post pod, I think it was Simmons. His takes are usually so bad right now, and it kind of kills me that I used <laughs> to be such a big fan of him, like, even just, like, five years ago. He's so bad right now. It's like a senile old man. It's literally, like, I see... I'm going off on a whole tangent. I see like clips posted from his pods where he sounds like this man has Alzheimer's now. He was it was like he made like a fucking park car analogy. He's like this team, it's like a bunch oh. of cars, <laughs> and I they're know, in their I spaces, <laughs> and I don't like it. I was like, what? That's what parking lots are, Bill. <laughs> Tell me that's not like a, like a symptom of Alzheimer's. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? That don't even make any sense. What do you? What point was he going for? <laughs> but. I lost my train of thought. Simmons slander is always the best. Oh, how, how ironic. How ironic talking about his Alzheimer's. <laughs> Forgot your point. <laughs> hey, not for me forgetting for different reasons. Lack of sleep usually. But, um, fuck, what was his point? He was, Kyle uh, Lowry. Shit. Kyle Lowry. Toronto. Come on, man. His podcast, Low Post, Trade, Boston, Bad Takes. All right, I don't know how to else to help you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> how this how this all pivots back to the Knicks. Um, we're you know we're moving forward with that second half of the season. 
the Knicks don't have the easiest schedule, but they don't have the hardest schedule. Though on the bright side, they don't have a lot of games that they need to make up because they're postponed. I think the Spurs and this, I forgot the other team, they have like 40 games in the next half of the season, which is which is a lot for a season with only 72 games. They got Their, oh their schedule's going to be packed, but the Knicks don't have to deal with that because thankfully they haven't had to deal with too many uh, postponed games. Yeah, I mean, we also, I don't know the exact figures, but to your point, like, I think we were in the bottom half of strength of schedule in the first half of the season, and then we're like, it's the exact opposite the second half. It's going to be tough, you know what I mean? And that's why I'm thinking, like, if not Lowry, a win now move is going to come. But as far as the team itself, it's going to be, it's it's really going to be a, like a, a check of our legitimacy and seeing, like, whether this progress is real or, because I saw some of that floating around and, I feel like we see like this kind of opinions come up anytime the Knicks are even in a positive direction. You see like folks chime in with the negative shit, but some folks were just like, "Oh, they were just beating up on losing teams." And I was just like, "I distinctly remember us beating good teams too, as well." You know, so it's just bullshit. But to their point, though, we're gonna see. We're gonna get more good opponents than bad now, and you know, it's the what we got going for us is just just like the East is really bad. Especially this season or COVID season, we're like what four or five right now in the standings. I think I said five earlier. We're five. I can't see us, you know, knock on wood, injuries like not being coming any anytime soon. Hopefully, please. But I can't see us falling below ten. Can you? You know what I mean? Like it's to be seen with what like some of these other teams do. But I, I mean, don't know. outside I just, like, outside of the Hornets, the Heat are legit. The Raptors are a legit team. The Pacers are going to get better because TJ Warren's coming back. and Oh, shoot. And fuck, who was the other guy on their team who has been out? Oh, um, Karis LeVert is gonna, should be making his debut at some point or another. Thankfully, the guy's doing okay, yeah, and they found great. that shit before it was too late. So he's going to be joining the team. So the Pacers are going to be a great team. They still got Malcolm Brogdon. They still got Sabonis. They still got Miles Turner on their team. They might make a trade or something to make their team even better. Um so the Pacers, I, I'd be lo- I'd be looking out for the Pacers, and then you got the Bulls with Zach Levine killing it. He's he's been amazing this season, and their team that you know I'm gonna go back to the low post because they couldn't figure it out either if that if the Bulls should be a seller or a buyer. But with it with when you have Zach Levine on the team, I think you should be a buyer because the rest of the team is pretty good. I did see someone put out a trade um, scenario for for Cat, which was pretty good. I think they had Wendell Carter, Kobe White, and maybe like a couple of first-round picks for Cat, which I think isn't a bad deal. Kobe White can can drop buckets. And really, what are the Wolves doing this season? They're the worst team in the NBA right now. They, they should just keep continuing to lose more and get another first-round pick or first pick. Yeah. Um, I actually don't know what their draft situation is with, with the with the D-Lo D- trade. They uh they got an they extra pick? A, they get, nah, they gave up a fucking oh, fuck. pick to All get right, D-Lo, mind. bro. Like. And also, I'm looking at that roster. I feel like Kobe White, he's not even really a point guard. He's like an undersized shooting guard because I, I see the vision with him. Like, in an ideal scenario, Kobe White could probably be, like, somewhat – he could grow up to be, like, IQ if he works hard. That's my point with Kobe White. It's just he's not a point guard. He has, like, no, no point guard instincts because, like, in the two games he played against us, he played, like, garbage, bro. Like, he had zero – I think he did instinct. okay in the first game. I think he was lighting he us up, actually. Might have been the second or game then, because he like. Bro, I could honestly had, be thinking about last season. <laughs> I yeah, don't even honestly, remember. It, it, he yeah, lit yeah, us up nah, one game. White, I distinctly remember him just looking like 
this kid is not a point guard. He's just he's just legitimately not. He does his PS tunnel vision. He just does not like get his team into the into their sets. He's more so out there hunting for his own shot. Yeah. So I think looking at that, I don't think Minnesota would take that. On paper it looks like an okay deal. It's just like they got they got D'Lo. They got Anthony Edwards. That's their backcourt right there. So like is the centerpiece of their cat trade gonna be a six man like Kobe White? I, I guess Wendell Carter, but I don't know. I don't know what happened Maybe over like the last Markinen. two years. I haven't been I haven't yeah. been paying attention to Chicago. Markinen, his reputation, I feel like I don't know. Some people seem to hate him. Other people are just like you know they still believe in him. I I don't know. I'm personally like agnostic. I just I don't know. I just remember him distinctly lighting up KP every time they would match mm-hmm. up. It was actually fucking embarrassing. Like <laughs> I was, it would be pissing me off so much. I was like, how are you letting your clone beat you? Like like <laughs> this is not cool, KP. Like, that's when I was kind of in my head, like, kind of, I'm not going to do revisionist history. I was pissed about the trade. But, like, in my head back then, I was like, is this a sign he's a fraud? Please don't be a sign that he's a fraud. That was, like, the first sign to me or one of the first signs to me. But coming back, I don't know what the Chicago, it's weird. Chicago is almost like they're having, like, the same season as us almost. They got a legitimate coach in here because they replaced a dumbass. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, much, like, beleaguered and, you know, uh, youngish kind of non All Star player who kind of has a bad reputation is suddenly flourishing. You know what I mean? Like Levine, Randall. I think that's kind of dope. You know, I think it. You know, it's gonna sound like a cliche. I think it's dope for the league when both the Bulls and Knicks are good or not ex- like hot garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm just looking at the schedule again to see how many uh, top six seed. You know, NBA wise, that the Knicks are playing against for the for the rest of the season. There aren't that many. They're like specific. maybe ten games or so. Um, but you know, my my point. I'm still sticking with my point that the Pacers and Bulls are are legit. Maybe not the Bulls, but the Pacers. I think are an actual threat. The Bulls, I think, could be a threat. The Raptors are still always going to be a threat, and the Heat. You can't count them out. They just made the Eastern Conference Finals last season. Facts. Yeah, agree with all that. Honestly, I think the Bulls are gonna. I think they're going to hold on to Zach Levine. I think they're going to... I don't think they're going to be sellers, you know, because it's almost like... Because I made that comparison with us for a reason. It's almost like they're having good vibes now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm seeing, like, Bulls fans online reacting like how us Knicks fans are. Um, and it's just like... it's It would be bad vibes for them to start, like, tearing down the roster, you know what I mean, in a season like this. I think it would be better serve for them to maybe make some, like deals on the low end like similar to how we just made the d-rose deal like we just gave up minor assets to make an upgrade i think i could see them doing that and i don't know i mean indiana to your point yeah they're bringing uh the, the bubble god back tj mm-hmm. warren yeah this man i'm still in disbelief at what i saw <laughs> that bubble was some strange times bro it For legit real. was just like a whole another dimension jamal murray was like a god there like <laughs> Donald Mitchell was like Michael Jordan on steroids. He was he was just that nice. You know what I mean? Dame was Miami Heat were in the finals. It was crazy. Dame could not lose a game until you know it was actually playoff times against the Lakers. People people actually thought that that the Blazers might upset the Lakers that first round there based off the way he was playing for a little for a hot minute there. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis looked good. That right. Yeah. Very I forgot about that. Very. <laughs> that's some like straight up WWE shit, man. Scripted, fake. <laughs> I'm being a hater now, but yeah, I mean, back to the Knicks, I guess my only prediction for the season, 
I don't I don't want to do the corny like oh hey who who you think is going to break out start of the second half of the season or what are your uh, predictions for the like awards or whatever. I think generally we, we could just stick to what our expectation or like wishes going forward. I just want to like us to just stay competitive, even if somehow we drop out of the playoff race for one reason or another. I hope even in that path, that negative path, we're still like this t- team that fights. You know what I mean? Because I think we've had like one maybe a handful of games where we just get outclassed and embarrassed, you know? So my only hope is, it's going to sound corny, my only hope is we, 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 we play hard, we have fun along the way, you know what I mean? Like a Disney movie. Keep, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just keep it mellow. But no, no, I'm playing. I want, I want I'm playoffs. I want the playoffs. Very I want much, at so. least a play-in, bro. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. We play off, <laughs> we play in or bust. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what? I, I was trying to challenge myself to maintain that shit. Tenth, like, tenth seed, eleven seed. Hell no, bro. <laughs> Hell no. We didn't talk all that shit this half season just to be like, you know, they have fun. If they play hard, that's it. No, we got We got to stay no, winning no, games. No, like, like we just want to see the fellas like build relationships along the way. Is it? It's not about the wins. It's about the journey. Now nah, fuck that, bro. Like we want playoffs. Like we had in this race for a reason. Give us the playoffs. I want to see Julius Randle just wreck the Boston Celtic like bum ass front line in the playoffs, bro. You look at their centers. I don't know. I mean, you know, Danny Ainge always like threatens to make trades. He's always rumored to make trades. He never does shit. But if he like if he does upgrade his big man scenario or situation, I'll give him props. But right now, look at that lineup, bro. Tristan Thompson, damn near washed. Daniel Tice, he just looked like Eminem on steroids, mm. but I don't even know if he got that much game. Robert Williams, I actually kind of like the kid. They just don't play him that much. But everybody there is like literally Julius's height or smaller. You know what I mean? They don't have actually have like a brute force down low. Randall would eat in a series, bro. Like he would kill them. Like, legit, the way the Randall we see this season, I think it would be a fun matchup. I'm not saying we would beat them in a playoff series. I just think it would be, like, a satisfying kind of matchup. You know what I mean? Because I definitely think their guys would get buckets, too. Actually, I don't even know. Because I could definitely see a Tibbs defense, you know, be fuddling and confusing a young Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kind of just, like, speaking it into existence. But you see what I'm talking about, right? You could definitely see that happening where a Tibbs team... Well, depending on the matchup, upsets us, quote unquote favorite. That's my hope. That's my main prediction. Well, we know we saw we've seen Julius Randle make take that step, and I think it's gonna be fair to expect for uh, it's gonna be fair to expect him to continue that level of play in the next half of the season. And I think we don't have to like keep too much of an eye on him and be amazed at his production because at this point, he has to keep continue to do it. Which player? I feel like RJ is the obvious answer, but which other player are you going to be taking an extra close look at throughout the season to see him make that take that extra step moving forward to be Mitch, a critical player? I'm, I'm, Mitch, I'm, I'm, yeah. Like my whole thing was like I was thinking on this too, like legitimately, like before his injury, we weren't appreciating him enough. You know, I said it in one episode where it's just like I think that in itself was praise, where we don't talk about the bad points because we know Mitch is going to bring it on defense every night. And yo, mad props to Nerlens Noel for what he's done in Mitch's apps. Yo, them fucking poetic ass names with the same you know letters (laughs) in the (laughs) in the first and last name is crazy. But yeah, he Noel been doing a good job for Mitch. You know what I mean? It's just like I miss Mitch. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can't get past the hands, bro. It's like Jared (laughs) Jeffries all over again. It's PTSD, bro. I cannot get over it. I. 
it's confounding, bro. But yeah, I mean, my whole thing is I'm gonna pay attention to Mitch one because I feel like these rumors about Drummond aren't coming out of from nowhere. I know it's Berman that's mostly been pushing it, but he can't be coming from nowhere. You know what I mean? It's got it's there's some kind of smoke to it, I think, and I feel like. You know, I'm going back to off season where we were hearing some like stuff come out about like some skepticism about Mitch's maturity, his prospects, you know, uh, as a player going forward, and his contract situation. So all these factors, like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Mitch because one, I just love watching the kid play fucking defense. Like he's really become a better player this season. He's mm-hmm. like the last two years, it's like we were picturing it, like him becoming what he is now, and now he's on that path. Like, and it's all just doing the simple shit, not fouling playing great positional defense, not hunting for blocks, but rather playing, like, rotational defense, you know what I mean, within the confines of the system. That's a lot for, like, a 21-year-old that did not play college ball, you know what I mean? Or a 22-year-old? He's, like, 22 now, right? 22. Because he came in a little older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to watch Mitch. What about you? Who you keep um, an eye on? Trying to see, hold on. I'm trying to see Mitchell Robinson's stats real quick on his last couple of games. Because uh, I think... They start doing something. I just want to confirm. I guess I was wrong. I could have sworn they're trying to get him more involved in the offense. Um, but I guess not. But I do want to see them get him more involved in, in the team's offense. But for me, uh, like I said, it's probably the obvious answer. It's RJ. And it's not just – I think the shooting – I don't. I want to see that's not a fluke. I mean, he did it. He after what was it, three or four months in the season, averaged about thirty-five percent. In February, shot like forty-seven percent or some shit like that. I want to see that continue. But more importantly, I want to see him be a lockdown defender uh, on the perimeter. I want to see him be that guy. I want to see if he can keep it up with Frank and be even better than Frank. Because you mentioned that playoffs against the Celtics. I'm wondering who's going to be guarding Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on stretches and RJ better be that guy who can keep up with Jason Tatum and lock him down. Cause if he can do that, we know Julius Randle can eat against the front court of, of, of the Celtics. And for some reason we're picking on Celtics, but we need that guy Just who can boss. defend on the perimeter. <laughs> and Frank, Frank isn't guaranteed to be on the Knicks that he's always going to be that guy who we're if we're ever going to predict the players going to get traded, it's probably going to be Frank. And I think RJ needs to take that step. He took a step on his shooting. He needs to continue doing that. But being that lockdown defender is something that I want to see him progress into this next half of the season. That's what I really want to see. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it was cheating. I thought you said everybody aside from RJ because I would have won RJ easily nah. too. Because, yeah. bro, we people forget he was our number three overall pick. Like Randall, justifiably is getting a lot of that like credit, but bro. Anytime any other franchise like picks a kid top three and he starts like living up to the potential and the hype that he had coming in, especially in a situation where he's coming off a down year, any other franchise, their their young player would get mad spotlight. It almost feels like folks out there are actively rooting against RJ. You peep that? Like some like writers, NBA like bloggers, whatever the fuck, they're mad anti RJ for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck the story is on that. Could be I, I think obviously it's the Knicks bias, you know what I mean? But yeah, he's the number three overall pick that just got drafted in 2019. Like, it hasn't even been a full two years yet since he, like, put on his Knicks hat on draft day, you know what I mean? And he's he's right now on the path to living up to that draft slot, you know what I mean? So, yeah, to your point, I'm definitely going to watch RJ's overall game. And 
you mentioned Frank. I'm just watching to see he's if he stays on the roster, bro. It's go. The day is gonna come, bro. We 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 haven't really talked about it, but the day's coming where we're gonna have to say goodbye to our friend's son. It's gonna hurt because I feel like we started this podcast as soon as we got Frank, and it's been like a journey along the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's sentimental, bro. <laughs> Honest, it was actually a year after. Hard to believe, but it was a year after. Yeah. Actually, Damn, for real? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, right. Yeah, it was. It was Knox's, it was Knox's first season. Ah, the knox Fizdale combo, summer of 2018. Mm-hmm. What a fucking mess. Yeah, <laughs> December, we were hyped for this kid. <laughs> he just got rookie Bro. of the month, too. <laughs> we were just like, yo, he's, yo, he was killing his summer league. Don't worry about the 35% field goal percentage. That 35 <laughs> represents him becoming the next KD. That's what every, <laughs> that's what every Knicks fan was thinking. No, sir. <laughs> but no, nah, I'm not giving up on Knox. I mean, I'll give him one more year. We kind of have to give him one more year because it's rookie contract. But yeah, I mean, I think stuff will heat up, bro, by the trade deadline. I legit think. I thought it was kind of interesting that they mentioned Burks and Rivers by name as vets they signed for the explicit purpose of flipping for picks. Mm. How, like, you don't put that out there publicly, you know? I totally like, forgot Rivers was on our team for, for a minute there. I think he forgot, honestly. <laughs> it was that kind of situation, but it's tough, bro. Like I, I get it. I was I was one of the skeptical folk about Rivers when he was like posting all that shit when he joined the team and he was doing the rah rah speeches, talking about like, oh, we gonna we gonna build it brick by brick. We gonna we gonna yada yada yada. You know the same typical kind of shit that a player would come in just to like make himself like likable to the Knicks fan base. I just feel bad that he went to all that effort and, like, now he's glued to the bench. <laughs> like, bro, you look like a dumbass now. <laughs> like, nothing against him personally, but damn, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind it. You know, I like it, but his game just didn't reflect his whole attitude. So. Right? It was the whole thing was like, this is cool, but could it be, like, could this be Julius saying this? <laughs> like, what? Austin Rivers? Are you kidding me? Like, yo, maybe somebody should check. Did he delete those posts? Cause I would have. Like, mm. If I was Rivers, I would be petty. Like, fuck y'all. <laughs> and it wasn't just a post. He said it on post-game interviews, too. Yeah. He's like, y'all need Maybe to be patient. We, uh, we're building something here. We, we're working together. We're learning. <laughs> Tips. He's just like, we? You speaking French? <laughs> no, that's but, just for Frank. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Mm. I see what you did there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I think that about does it. I the think so. Second half starting tomorrow. Prediction for a game against the Bucks. Let's let's close out on that. How about we taking the dub? W. I'm, I'm digging the confidence. Let's go. Randall go make Giannis his his little baby boy again. Fuck his that All Star game MVP. That shit belong. That shit was robbery. That should have been Randall's. Thirteen minutes. Dog, it he don't won matter. that just because just yo Giannis literally was trying his ass off. Like I don't know if he was trolling or not, but and then the mic caught him and telling people, "Hey, I'm open. I'm open." I was like, "Bro, shut up." Like you may be joking, but you seem like a dickhead. Nobody's playing defense. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know if you listen to it. I I I'm in the p- stage now where I like hate listening to Bill Simmons podcast sometimes. But he had Ryan Russillo on one episode, and Russillo was just like, all his points literally came in the first quarter. Giannis did like do nothing in the fourth and third or whatever. I don't know. I was like half paying attention to the game, but that was just funny to me. So I want to see Randall son him and like take the trophy. Why not? Do we know when Mitch is coming back? Oh, yeah. Today they were saying he hasn't started, I want to say, practicing yet, but he's just picking up running, Mm. and there's no timetable. But I remember initially they said four weeks, right? They said four to six weeks. It's been 
it's been about that time. It's been about six weeks. The show was yeah, early February or late January, I think. Yeah, had to be right. I don't know. Either way, I hope I hope he gets back soon, bro. Yep. All right, so that about wraps it up, right? Um, if you yep. guys are listening to this for the first time, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick is Show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Nick is Show. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. Uh, I believe it's going to be either Wednesday or Thursday where we're bringing in new guests for Nickish at Night. Just got to check the schedule real quick. We try to keep it on Thursdays, but we're not going to do it if there's a game on. We'll do it on Wednesday instead. Um, make sure you follow us and subscribe on all podcasting platforms, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. And we appreciate we appreciate you guys checking us out. And um, we hope that you continue to listen and follow us. Uh, if you're interested in joining our show for Nickish at Night as a guest, hit shoot us a DM. We'll put you on the list of people who are in, who are also interested. We'd love to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, you know, here's to the Knicks' the second half of the 2020-21 season. They killed it the first season. Let's hope they uh, keep it going for the second half. Yeah, pray for good health and wealth for the Knicks this season. That's all. Like for the second half of the season, I just hope all our key guys stay healthy and Mitch gets back and. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, subscribe. Shout out to the NBK Network as as usual. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you haven't yet, check out our Nickish at Night last week, um, from last week with uh, Guillermo of Legion of Knicks. Dropped a lot of knowledge. He he definitely has a great like like feel and eye for the game, and it comes out when he's talking about it. So definitely a great episode. Y'all should check it out. And otherwise, stay safe, right? Yep. Till next time. Take care, everyone. Peace. Peace.